Hello everybody. Welcome to the technical area. A normally weekly football manager podcast brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Gamer once again. This is not exactly making up for the podcast that I missed last week due to illness. Nor is it this week's podcast either. But instead, it's kind of like one of these in-between podcasts. So it's not episode 46, like a full fat version of a podcast, but it is somewhat a full version of a pod in terms of trying to get through some important content. Because it's been a big week for us, well, a lot of us. I know there's some people out there who haven't yet gone past um, the pre-order section maybe they haven't gone past the, the load screen they mightn't even have pressed continue then there are other people who are 150 seasons in it seems and really you know playing the game the way they want to play enjoying the game the way they want to play and you know I, I just for me that's not what the beta is about that's not how I play the beta but it's, it's interesting to see how other people approach which is you know, I think makes it really, um, really, really interesting, I suppose, for everyone that we can all kind of see different aspects of the game and the beta. Beta, whichever way it is you want to say it. The episode I'm kind of focusing on here now, though, is about reflection. We're nearing the end of FM20 for nearly everyone now. For some, the FM21 adventures have begun. For others, life begins in FM14. But nonetheless, with the launch and release of a new game, it's a chance for us to make some progress. Progress in how we play the game. To maybe make changes. Whether it's assuming another character who has a different philosophy. Or whether it's a, you know, a choice to experiment with a new tactic in a new country that you've never managed before. Change is good. No, I know I'm adverse to change. I can be a little bit, I don't like this. And there's certainly bits and pieces with FM21 I know a lot of people don't like. But nonetheless, you know, change can be good. And I asked the community, are you planning on change? Are you going to change your approach FM21 in comparison to how you did in FM20? 53.8% of people said no. So it looks like you know people are going to keep going the same way. It'll be interesting to see how that develops over the, the life cycle of a game. Daz at FM Eden. I was pleasantly surprised to see the out-of-the-box 4-4-1-1 tiki-taka to work perfectly. So with it being just a beta, I stuck with it. Well, normally I would make my own. However, I've just lost four in the bounce, so maybe not. Yeah, I wonder what those out-of-the-box tactics does the AI figure them out just a little quicker because of the, the them being a preset that formation. I, I wonder. But it's good to see you got the success right away, Daz. Anyway, something to build on. Guido. At Guido. Merry Guido. Same approach, but we'll see if the match engine can cope. I know the answer there, Gator. The match engine will not cope. There's something you do with strikeless formations that is just phenomenal to watch and see and create for all of us 
to follow with such enthusiasm and creativity that we can be in all of. Black CFM, pleasantly plowing on with FM14. I've bought FM21, but online comments regarding the interface hasn't encouraged me to get further than creating my profile. I totally understand what you mean. I've gotten into FM21. I've played two pre-seasons. And I don't know if it was because I had the migraine or not, but certainly it is that there's a lot of information and colours and detail for the eyes to take in. So, you know, there will be a... A lot of adjusting to do with FM21 if things stay the way they are and if those skin people out there are able to, um, you know, modify things, make things just a little bit easier for some of us who, you know, struggle with our vision. Fraser, at Fraser of Football, Trosh, SH1T, at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, fair enough. You have to see what works in the game, what doesn't work in the game. Are we going back to the year of the, the tree strikers for overall formation? Or is there something special that you can do with wing-backs and full-backs this year? I don't know. But I did see Rashidi, Daljeet, Bustanet have um, some interesting videos going up on the YouTube there about very informative videos, what can and can't be done in FM21 so far. Because obviously we're working with this unfinished product. And then Football Manager Addict, that's at FM underscore Addict. This will be the year where I finally fully understand and take control of training and recruitment. Well, at FM underscore Addict, there's plenty of good articles out there. Plenty of good videos. Plenty of talk on podcasts. Not just this one, and not just blogs by me, but plenty. So definitely go out there, get your notebook out, and write down the ideas. Because let's just say you are in for a very fun ride, and it's a chance for you to make your tactics even more effective by focusing on those key elements on the training ground. And I suppose that's a learning point. It's good to see positivity there, people with learning points, people being creative, taking what they've done before and see what they can do with it this time. And I suppose, you know, we all have these moments. For me, at the end of an FM cycle, I like to take some time to breathe, reflect, and see what's happened over the past version of the game and what I can do to improve going into the next version. What I do actually do it in game as well. I often take a day or two following the end of a season or the arrival of the winter or mid season break to reflect and usually in the form of blog posts and some of these thoughts come out in Bond's podcast as well and take form of the whole episodes. The thing is I know I'm not perfect and I know there are far better and far more knowledgeable people out there about this game than me. There are far better people too who can play the game, manipulate, create tactics that are far more effective and can achieve a level of consistency I can't. But like everyone, I have my ways. I research my side. I research my players and how others play the game as well through the content they produce. And I take this information and see how I can bring it all together to develop my own practice, to keep pushing forward. Now, but the other thing is, though, I am known to be a little bit stubborn. So sometimes I try to achieve the impossible and persist with the same thing over and over again until I get a positive result, the one I want. And it's when I become self-aware of my stubbornness and the inf- and to suppose the limitations that this can bring 
that I finally take my breath, I'll step back, and I'll see what I can do to get better the next time I load up the game. Now, a little over a year ago, it would have been the summer of 2018, I wrote a piece entitled Management Self-Evaluation. After a time where engagement with CPD, Continuous Professional Development Courses, encouraged me to reflect and take time to see how I can improve my teaching practice. So I decided to translate it to an FM standpoint. And that's the basis of this blog, of this podcast. It's based on that blog. I'll link it down below if you want to go and have a read of it as well there, okay? You're more than welcome. You don't have to. But what I did was I established what management self-evaluation could be for us and pondered just how we could become better managers. And the the points I found were these. To take the initiative in improving the quality of leadership that we as managers provide for our players. To affirm and build on what is working well. To identify areas in need of development and decide on actions that should be taken to bring improvement about in those areas. And to report about the strengths in the work of the club and its priorities for improvement and development. Now, In schools, self-evaluation is marketed as an ongoing process. Often with long-term goals earmarked as the key criteria at the start of each year. Now, adopting this as a football manager, we can set ourselves long-term goals at the start of the season, which we will measure the success of our season against. From day to day, week to week, month to month, or even game to game scenarios. We as managers, and we as teachers, I suppose as well, we can measure our overall performances through some simple self-reflections. How well are we doing? What evidence do we have? How can we find out more? What are our strengths? What are our areas for improvement? And how can we improve? When I find an area to target for improvement, I begin the process of putting an improvement plan in place. Although some areas may be a short-term issue, I could also apply this process to the lack of top quality talent in the squad that would elevate us to new heights, for example. So what steps can I take to find areas for improvement? Well, first one is gather your evidence. Clubs gather an inordinate amount of data now for a variety of purposes and much of this will prove beneficial in the self-evaluation process. Manager notes and data records of assessing performances are useful examples of evidence. And don't be afraid to compare the data you've compiled against the league standards and even the other leagues you've loaded up, what their standards are, and see. And compare yourself to what are we doing well and where could we improve. And don't forget, your philosophy will also weigh in on the way the data is, uh, the numbers the data presents. Because if you're playing direct football, your pass completion rate might be lower than if you're playing shorter passing football. So just remember these little points as well. Evidence should normally be collected from a variety of sources, including from coaches through backroom meetings, 
analysts and team reports and data collected, players and the data and statistics that represent their performances, and scouts that report on players and opponents. The second step then is to take this evidence and analyse it. Clubs need to analyse the information they've gathered and check the quality of their practice against a set of standards. Taking due cognizance of league context. Because if you're playing in League 2, you're not going to be comparing yourself to the Bundesliga, to La Liga. You'll compare yourself against the Arctic of other League 2 clubs and, of course, you know, the performances in, say, the second Bundesliga, the Championship, the Segunda Division, Serie B. Evaluation criteria could include historical, current and real-life statistics to benchmark these practices and performances. Once you've done that, it's step three, which is draw conclusions. Clubs will want to draw conclusions based on their analysed evidence. They will determine, affirm and celebrate the strengths they identify in the aspects of the practice being evaluated. They will also acknowledge the areas prioritised for improvement. They will wish to be as objective as possible when judging the quality of their practice. And that's very, very important to understand. Being objective, not letting emotion get in the way. The way you look at the numbers. Just look at them in plain black and white and see, you know, is this a good representation of what we're trying to do or do we need to improve because this is how I want us to play. And when you've drawn your conclusions, it's time to, you know, complete this report of yourself, this bit of self-evaluation. And what this will do is this will ensure that you have a record of your self-evaluation and your findings. The report will outline the focus of the self-evaluation, along with the strengths and areas for improvement defined. A club self-evaluation report template is available at the bottom of the blog post, which is linked below. Having identified the aspects of practice prioritised for improvement or development, the club should devise a club improvement plan. Or you. Obviously, it's you devising it. The club should improvement plan should outline the targets for improvement of performance outcomes for players over a to be to decided year period, along with the actions to achieve these targets. And this could also be in line with your club vision. A very very useful tool in this situation of garnering the targets that you need to work towards and get, giving you a great opportunity to you know have a baseline of what you need to be measuring your achievements towards because then the last thing is you have to put this improvement plan into action the penultimate step put improvement plan into action it's the most crucial part of this six-step process it's where managers implement the agreed actions to bring about the desired improvement the step will look different in every club and the steps will look better as time progresses. And then step six, of course, monitor these actions and evaluate the impact. So very closely linked to step five, which are monitoring and you're seeing, is this working? And then again, 
have those questions. How well are we doing with our, after the changes we've made? What evidence do we have to back this up? How can we find out more? What are our strengths now? What are areas for improvement now? And how can we improve now? Now obviously that six step process is quite detailed. There's a lot involved. But a simpler approach and another method that's championed by the Department of Education and Skills here in Ireland is the SCOT method. S-C-O-T. Strengths, concerns, opportunities for development and threats to the process. Simple, straightforward and one that can be used session on session, season on season, year on year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the podcast there. Like I said, it's only short, it's only simple. But take this time during the beta if you're playing it to reflect. If you're finishing up FM20 to reflect. Or if you're planning an FM21 save to reflect. We can all be better. Even the best can improve. It's why for over 15 years now we've been talking about Ronaldo and Messi. Because they've never settled. Football managers a game. It's an opportunity for escapism for us. Away from the pressures of real life. And I know you want to succeed in the game. We all do. We all want that one podium graphic coming across our screens. So we can celebrate at least once in addition. So why not take the time and just see. Is there a way that you need or can improve? How can you do it? And how would you do it? And if you've liked, enjoyed the podcast, feel free to share it on your socials. Give us a positive review. Like just tap the five stars or something. If you're on iTunes, on the Apple Podcast app or whatever. It is that every bit of feedback is appreciated. And as you can see, we had community interactions who form a vital part of the podcast. So thank you to everyone who got involved through voting and or just through the, the additional comments they added below. 24th, that's t- tomorrow week. FM 21 comes out. Planning still a live podcast. Fingers crossed. It can all go ahead safely and well. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. I'm leaning towards like a 4 p.m. One now at this stage, it'll give me the morning to get my teeth into the, the full version of the game. I'll talk more about FN21 on this week's proper podcast that we recorded on Thursday. So, on Thursday, there will be another weird community poll tweeted out. So, keep your eyes peeled, come along, get involved. And if you want to start up your own podcast because you feel you know I can do things better or there's improvements I can make, well, be my guest. Pond 5 do fantastic music that could set your team alight. Get your podcast off to a great start. But if you're looking for music for Twitch streams, for intros on YouTube, or even stock images, stock videos, check out Pond 5. Not an ad, just credit where credit's due for good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again later on this week for another episode of The Technical Area. Stay safe. Enjoy the beta. And talk to you then. Bye now.